Hi, welcome to Bob and Joyce, HROD Talk. Come on in. So Bob, why are we doing this podcast? Because we both have a lot to offer and we got excited by the idea of working together again. We love our work and believe in the power of an HROD partnership. So Joyce, why now? My response is why not now? I believe in following an idea that excites you, and this is the time for HROD to show their stuff, to do the boldest work, because what organization doesn't need to be reimagined, redesigned, and honestly healed in some way? And who has the skills and values to do this? OD and HR. And now I ask you, who are we to support bolder, innovative, modern HROD work? Here's why. We did high-impact, bold, very progressive work. Simply put, we get it. We've done it from leadership development to policy tangles to profound cultural transformations. So I ask you, what will be unique about this podcast and what we have to offer? Truth, fun, laughter, optimism, ideas, and support. We had great successes and some failures that still make me cringe. We'll share hacks out of our toolbox, crazy stuff that worked. Do you want to close? Sure. We hope this podcast is a bright spot for you. Time to step out of the daily chaos for some refreshment and maybe an idea or two you could use. Last words, Joyce? Truth, fun, and hope to encourage bolder work. Why not? Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. I have to admit that I am hooked on organizational development as a discipline and as a method that's so needed in our world today. But I was in my office over the weekend going through saying, can I get rid of some papers? And I began reading them and said, no, this is great. (laughs) And uh, love the excitement of going into a new experiment that you're not sure is going to work. Um, Anyhow, I have been interested and engaged with it since I was 23, and I still am. Where's your, let's talk about our excitement for HROD. Okay, and just for our listeners, uh, what you just said is no surprise to any of us that have known you. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) kind of surprised me. (laughs) as I think you know, uh, there was only one time in my career, one position, which was strictly OD. I was the head of OD at Food Lion. And most of my career, I've been in HR mm-hmm. uh, or I've been in operations. Right. And how I describe my excitement for OD is if you think about looking at your desk or looking at your to-do list, I think most of us have a natural gravitation to doing that which is the most fun. <laughs> and and, and uh, not so much the most impactful. What really excites me about OD is um, when I had a lot of hats that I was wearing, I gravitated naturally, a lot of it with you as a partner yeah. to OD because that's where I was fully alive. Uh-huh. And that's where, in many cases, I had my greatest impact. Yeah. 
And I'm, and that is, uh, and that the wonderful thing about the world is there are people who love nothing better than balancing a profit and loss. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. Speaking of excitement about HR, when the right person is in the right job and they blossom. Um, and then I'm excited today. And I have written about this, but we, HR and OD are going to be fundamental to what's going on in the world. Meaning institutions are shifting like crazy, changing like crazy. If you picture all, I tend to see a building when I think of an institution, take all the buildings away. Now, what's the infrastructure for connection and for production and for job satisfaction or life satisfaction? So anyway, I think it's time for HR and OD to really take the lead. And uh, yeah, and yeah, that period. Yeah, and, and the invitation that I would put out today to our listeners, if you're an HR person and you feel that you have to stay in your own silo and not stray far beyond, and you've got a partner next to you that is the OD practitioner, um, <laughs> You've got to get over that. And the power of OD and HR together, and I think in large part, why we're doing what we're doing um, is because of the power that that emerges. And not just with HR. I mean, when... when Communication is a great yeah. partner. I mean, I used to say, come in the sandbox. Yeah. Come get in the sandbox and let's play together. And I would ask different playmates. You know, it might might have been the budget process when we created a thing to combine enemies, friends, and you in your budget and talk the truth. But um, I love HR policy. That excites me. I'm, it is the skeleton that holds together so much, and it can be stinky and lousy and oppressive, or it can be um, create the safety to go forward and produce. You know, there's fairness abroad. <laughs> so don't think about, are you safe? Are, are, are you allowed to do what you need to do? But HR creates that foundation. You know, it's, it's funny, my journey with HR uh, policy, particularly uh, authoring it, I hated it at the beginning of my career. And to me, the process was more sitting down with your attorneys yeah. and then giving you a boilerplate uh, and then asking you to, to make it uh, at least understandable to the average employee. That was excruciating because we ended up with ending up with a lifeless document. Legal that, document. That, we, that was legal and it was required reading your first day in the job. How about any process to really kill the energy and excitement about a job? And then I discovered, similar to what you've described, that literally it's the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the guidepost. It's, uh, it's the value system. Yeah, you are here. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, late in my career, um, not that legal didn't review it, but they weren't the first to give us the template we wrote a very human, uh, value-driven, um, you know, as we've called it before, a small d democracy. And, uh, 
And it became one where when people read it on their first day said, wow, yeah. this, this place is different. You know what else excites me about HROD work? It's about energy. And I, I once said, and I, I now I'd love to write about it if I weren't so lazy, this next decade, if not more, is going to be about all things invisible. Mm. Whether it's spirit, whether it's God, whether it's motivation, whether it's uh, vision, how do we, so an energy. And I love the release of energy that comes when people get real and safe and authentic. And I'm not, I don't mean it's soft. What I mean is excitement of being real. And you can feel that shift in a person, you can feel it in a group, you can feel it in a company. And I find that exciting, that moment when energy shifts. I, I have a very real example of that. And I was ironically in operations at the time where, uh, once again, it was a very top-down, structured environment, do as I say, uh, tell, don't ask. And I was in a situation where I had not a clue how to fix uh, the area that I was responsible for. So I uncomfortably started going out and having conversations with department managers, assistant managers, store managers, DMs. And the first month or two of doing that was futile because they were coming at it from their mindset of this guy doesn't really care. Right. This guy, you know, this guy's just going to be here today and not be here for two years. Right. And then magically, and this is what made me uh, kind of respond to what you just said, is I would be seeing someone for the second or third time because I spent most of my life on the road the first three months. And the person would look at me and say, do you really want to know? Mm. And when they said that phrase, do you really want to know? My listening really peaked up because they were safe, comfortable. Hey, this guy just might uh, want to know what I have to say. And, and then what came out afterwards uh, was usually just valuable nuggets that by itself may not have been significant. But if I'm having this conversation every day for a period of a couple months and it's me as a leader, but it's really my approach was OD, getting people feeling comfortable to share their truth in a way that there's no wrong in it. Well, and that's, of course, one of the first stages of any OD work is the assessment. Yeah, yeah. You know, how do I, what's, what's going on here? And until you can get that truth, um, I just love the field. I just love the discipline. And, and it, to me, there is kind of a connection with anthropology. I'm just so interested in how cultures form and um, what initiated it, what initiated it to be scared? What initiated it to be so bold and reckless? What was the core beginning and how do we, and where did it get off its path? And how did we get, ay, 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 don't get me started. I, and I, I'm aware that there are, I call, I'll say I'm an OD junkie, but because I developed quite a few people in the field of OD, I knew when I had somebody on the line, <clears throat> when they kind of were hooked, they were just excited about it and then stayed excited. So that's, that's another question is why, where does that come from? 
I know we have it and I know they had it. And I think it's that release of energy. I, you know, so I'm, I'm going to um, maybe give you another cringeworthy moment. Um, and I was one of those people. I was coming out of operations. I'm new to HR. I, I didn't even know there was a term OD. Right. Uh, In all of Maine. <laughs> you know, I mean, back then it was kind of, I think, organizational behavior. <laughs> and what what really struck a chord for me in the work that you do is, you know, if you think about small tactical OD, doing warm-ups, uh, facilitating meetings, that's all important stuff. It helps processes be improved. But your orientation was so about what is happening in this organization. And so more of a systems approach that, um, that once you know, your disciples, my word, get it. They're like, this is the key that unlocks and transform an organization. And if that doesn't get you excited, nothing will. I'm not gonna cut it off, Joyce. <laughs> Come on, that was a perfect ending and I'm losing my voice. Okay, well, <laughs> let, me, let me kind of, um, you know, there's no mistakes. Uh, as you know, I think it was 2000, 2001, uh, Hannaford, a company that, that we had spent a fair amount of our careers in HROD, uh, was put on the market and sold. Uh, and at that time, Hannaford was sold to Delays at the highest multiple of revenue of any supermarket company up to that point in time. Yahoo! And it was widely, widely accepted that it wasn't about the DC, you know, it wasn't about the stores, that, that people were willing to pay that high multiple because yeah. we had great people and a great culture. And that's no accident. So if that doesn't get you excited, uh, I don't know what will. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.